Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. Ian. What's up, guys? And Jay Hugh. Being at the tip of the spear on what (laughs) is discussed in the cultural zeitgeist, this week we're talking about Marvel's first animated show, What If?, a collection of semi-anthology storytelling that has new versions of familiar Marvel stories we've seen through phases one through three, all being told by Jeffrey Wright's The Watcher. I think I've seen this. I really can't remember, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I can look back through my texts of every Wednesday morning, Ian texting me by about 9.30 being like, dude, you watch What If yet? (laughs) I feel like, you know, the draw of this show is is it's, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, besides that it's an animated show for people like animated things, you know, it's a way to kind of play around in the space without having to deal with any of the continuity. So you get to just, you know, do these little one off stories or just like, oh, what what if, you know, here's here's a fun little idea. Let's not dig into it too hard, but let's, you know, flesh as much of it out as we can. Agreed. It's I'm I'm assuming cheaper this way. And I think conceptually, I like it. I'm interested, though, to hear everyone's opinion on everyone else did. And if it actually if it actually really nails on that, if it actually does do that and if it does, does it do it well? Overall, I think the show was good. You know, I I don't want to get too in the deep weeds of uh, I'm assuming we're going to talk about episodes individually. And so I think some of my problems come specifically with some episodes. But overall, I think this is the first MCU property for me at least, where the quippiness became a problem. Mm. Like there was a little, there was some moments in this that needed to not be quippy and instead they went extra quippy. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was, it was more hit or miss. I mean, there was a couple of the episodes that I thought were really good. And then there were some that I didn't think were good at all. So I would say it's like a mixed bag. Um, I think the thing I liked the most, and I hope they keep it this way, is I want it to kind of just be like, on its own i hope they don't try and like tie it into canon and like bring any of these characters into live action i know it's a multiverse and they can i think i would like it more if this was just like twilight zone episodes and each one was you know different and and you kind of leave it at that i think less is more with some of this stuff but um overall i liked it but like i said it's definitely a mixed bag I think twilight zone is a good apt comparison for kind of the tone of this show or what they i think they were aiming for whether they hit it or not. Uh, I didn't like this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are ones that are better than others. Uh, we'll get to it, but I would say on average, I think they're worse than Transformers. It does bother me just because I, I feel like it's such a big wide world that we had options to explore here. And I just, I really don't like some of the premises that they came up with. And then also I didn't like the execution. Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty positive opinion of this show. I think it's pretty good. I think the back half is stronger than the front half. Agreed. I think, you know, it's a huge mistake for these episodes, for there to be nine or ten episodes. What I think it was intended for ten and they cut one to make nine episodes that are only 25, 30 minutes long and then tell a two hour movie version of it, of a story like it just I don't think they're written very well. Every line of dialogue is the most important line of dialogue, except when it's a dumb joke. 
And I don't think either of those things are a good decision. Like, uh, especially, and we'll get into it, but the first episode, I think the writing is atrocious. And it got me very scared for what the rest of the show <laughs> was going to be. And that's just because you're, you're, you're trying to tell so much story so quickly. And you're relying on the fact that these people know the story. And we do. We do. But if you're telling me the same exact thing, then you don't need to tell it to me again. There are things I really liked. There's a few episodes in particular that I think might be some of the best we've ever gotten of the MCU. But then there's just so much of it that I, I just think really it doesn't need to exist. Ian, to your point, there's zero chance we're not getting that version of Doctor Strange and Captain Carter mm. in the movies. They definitely, we will see live action versions of both of those people. I I'm totally agree on that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I agree. I, I don't, I don't want that. I think that is going to happen, but I don't want it. Um, and to your point, I think my biggest problem is, is what Christian said. I think it's pacing. I think a lot of these would have been better served as maybe two parters. They yep. rushed through a lot of stuff. And then I think voice acting, like Ooh. I think me and Christian talked about this. I think when it's the MCU actors voicing the characters, it worked a lot better than when they had these like B level sub people Ooh, where it I don't felt agree like with uh, that at all. Oh, see that. I mean, it felt to me like almost like Disney park character versions of these in some instances where like, it just felt like, you know, the generic version of who they wanted. That was my take on it. I could not believe that Samuel Jackson actually voiced Samuel Jackson in this because it sounded so fucking tired and not like him. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I think I don't think really some do better than others, but like a lot of these guys were just like, oh, wait, what do you need me to say? Let me let me say it into my, in my closet and send it to you. Samuel Jackson sounded like 95 year old uh, James Earl Jones does now. I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Like, did he just get out of bed? As, I think ScarJo was the one I think didn't yeah. voice it that I, I took me out of it in a lot of situations. Oh, totally the disagree. I love Lake yeah. Bell. I thought she was great. I no. see. I had the exa- I love Lake Bell as well as well, and I think she is terrible in this. She uh, to Ian's point, it really took me out. That's uh, that was in my opinion the worst voice acting in the show. Man, I'm going with Joseph on this. I was like, why can't she just be the live action uh, Scarlet Witch? I mean, Scarlet <laughs> Black Widow. You know what I meant. <laughs> it's weird that there's a person named Scarlet, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I feel like traditionally on this show, when we're not disagreeing with each other, we're pretty split on like company lines. And I feel like we're going to be divided a lot in different ways in this uh, as we go That's through true. these. I'm excited about it. All right, let's do spoilers, and then we were doing like quick episode by episode type thing. Yeah, good. I forgot probably eight of what these episodes are. I wrote down them in order just just for (laughs) ease of use. Yeah. All right, go for it. Uh, So first one, Captain Carter. What if uh, instead of Steve Rogers getting the super soldier serum, it was uh, Sharon Carter? This one fucking sucks. It's so bad. I don't know why they chose this to lead off because it definitely was one of the worst ones. Definitely worse than Transformers. I don't think it's I don't think it sucks. And I think the reason they let off with it is it's like the first level of a video game. It's like training wheels. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, this one's like really sort of simple and eases you into the concept of the multiverse. I, I don't think it was great, but I, I don't think it was bad. Yeah, see, that's that. I think you're right hurt i think the reason why it makes sense as the first episode is because it's basically the same thing it's just a little bit different like it's the same story but cap has boobs and like to me it was just not different enough like i i I felt so bored 
And then it since you're telling me the exact same story, I don't get any of like the moments I enjoy, uh, like, I don't know, them in the bar talking and hanging out and drinking. Like, I like that scene in First Avenger, but you only got 22 minutes to give it to me. So that shit ain't making the cut. And I just I, I really hated this episode a lot. We'll go through each one, but some of them are more like direct adaptations of of existing movies, you know, with a slight twist. And some of them are more off the rails. I think the ones that are closer adaptations suffer the most because of exactly what you're talking about. They feel the need to, uh, I don't know, recreate to, scenes. Yeah, they, to, they recreate to, scenes directly yeah, from the movie. Exactly. Which I think is stupid. It is uh, because it's just it's like, re- remember this? It's like, yeah, bitch, it was in a better thing than this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, number two. We don't seem to have any more thoughts on this. Yeah, one. no, that's fine. It, it's not great. Haley Atwell is not good uh, <laughs> voice actor. I also think this is the, like Joan said, this is probably the character we will definitely see in live action above anyone else. And well, I she's think not it's the worst choice. She's not doing anything else. So I mean, look, I'm getting Haley Atwell back. I just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So number two, uh, what if T'Challa was Star-Lord instead of Chris Pratt? I, I like this one, but I think I'm also nostalgic for Chadwick Boseman voicing that character um, and it was cool to see him just be an awesome Star-Lord like I had a lot of fun with it I thought Thanos being like a good guy and you know Chadwick being able to like talk him into it I don't know about the collector becoming really buff I don't know how that makes sense very much but I like this one I thought this one was better for me than Transformers and you've, you've just explained to me the, the reason I mean I think the problem with a lot of these episodes as a whole is like I don't know what demographic they're aimed at because mm. I was positive that this was a children's sh- like show based on the quality of writing and jokes. But then they kept saying shit a lot. <laughs> uh, and, and that threw me off. But like this episode, uh, like the pitch for this episode, 100% was from an excited 10 year old. Who's like, what if it was star Lord, but, uh, but he was a black Panther and he was like really cool. Like he was so <laughs> cool. Like everybody thought he was cool. Even the bad guys thought he was cool. Like he's so cool that even Thanos was his friend. Isn't that be cool? And that's this episode. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, t- I like this episode. I thought it was honest to God. If this had been as bad as the first one, I, I probably would not have stopped. This is I probably would have one. stopped. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. This, this one really like at least was like, okay, It'll get me going. I'll stick it out. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's more hit or miss. My biggest problem with it is it didn't give me a reason why T'Challa was this version of T'Challa is the super good guy, because I don't think it's really the T'Challa we have seen in live action. But I mean, either way, it was fun. It was fine. Uh, This one was my favorite one of all of them. So I'm really surprised you guys are like sort of riding the fence on this one. I like that it was it seemed like the least like logical one. Like there's no real connection between guardians and black Panther. There's no rhyme or reason for this. It was almost like they just drew two concepts out of a hat, but I liked it. It was the one that the tone of this show fit with the most, the sort of uh, over the top quippiness and stuff like that. You know, I thought the voice acting was pretty uh, wall to wall. Great on this. Uh, but none of that's really what I want to talk about. Mostly what I want to talk about is that Space Age love song is a fucking jam. <laughs> uh, you know, I know it doesn't fit with James Gunn's whole like Star-Lord aesthetic of like sort of mid to late 70s AM gold pop. But that is just such an obvious and great song for Star-Lord to be listening to on his uh, on his Walkmans. Uh 
it's the best flock of seagull song. They they totally get dismissed as a one hit wonder because of Iran, but this is a way better song than than Iran. So this episode better than Transformers. Space Age love song way better than Transformers. I had actually forgot it was in this, so thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> it's probably been a while for most of you guys since you saw this. <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> you want to move on to episode three? Let's do it. All right, episode three. I don't remember what the name of this one is, but what if all the Avengers died mysteriously? Yeah. This one recreates Fury's big week from, you know, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man 2. Mm. Yeah. Is that supposed to be a week? Yeah. Yeah, It's not a place in one week. It's like in canon in the MCU. Uh, I also did not like this one. I think the voice acting is terrible. I thought the general concept was dumb. I was back off the show on this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's worse than Transformers. The thing I hated is I, you could tell, like, it's supposed to be a murder mystery. And I could tell right off the bat, maybe I just read too many comics. I was like, oh, it's Hank Pym. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's the only thing that made sense what was going on. So, like, I could see it from a mile away. And I think they wanted you to be surprised. And I think this is the one where the voice acting with Scar Joe really sucked to me. And I, and I think I, I, it was another reason I really disliked it. Well, on the opposite side, I didn't get it at all. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see it come in at all. So it was. A, it was a surprise to me. I don't know if they landed the execution on this one, but I liked kind of the murder mystery like style thing. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, also, you know, the the script of this show was like, all right, everybody talked about Ant Man going up Thanos's butthole. Let's show how fucking gross that would actually be. <laughs> uh, I have no opinion on this episode. Okay, I, I, I can't. I can't say whether I think it's good or bad. I just think it was there. I'll be honest. This is the one I forgot existed before I write them down. Write, write yeah. them down. Boy, <laughs> that's it. You did. <laughs> in the three seconds before you told us what it was, I was trying for the life of me to remember, and I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. If you had held to a gun to my head and said, "What's the third episode of What If?" You would have killed me. Right. <laughs> So that brings us to the fourth episode of the show, which I think is, I'll bet, probably one of our most unanimous opinions is the Doctor Strange episode. It's fucking great. I love this episode so much. Yeah. I was I was really into the concept concept. I think every I think the voice acting is great. Of course, it's ninety percent just Benedict Cumberbatch doing a role. I think he's great at. So uh, I was all in. Yeah, I think this one is probably. There's one more later on that I like more, but this is probably my second favorite. But um, yeah, it's just good all around. It's it leaves a, an impression like the end of that episode. I was like, holy shit, like they just like killed a whole universe. And I was like, this is cool. This was the first episode where I was like all in on it. And I was like, OK, I really like this show now. It's what yeah. kind of sold me on it. Yeah, this one this one was close second for me. Definitely liked it a lot. Seemed the most like comic booky what if too with the sort of you know, dark, everything screwed ending. So I like this one a whole lot. And Benedict Cumberbatch was great. I think so too. I, you know, I still don't know if his American accent is the best, but I could tell like he was having fun. Like he was trying. I like the general, like the first half premise of this. It, you know, it's kind of the, the final destination E time flow theory. It reminded me a lot of another anime called Steins Gate, which is basically the plot of this episode. But, you know, that Rachel McAdams character is fated to die. There's nothing you could do to save her. And I thought that was, I don't know, that was a, I don't know, fun's the right word, but kind of an interesting montage. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is true of all Doctor Strange things that we're going to see from now on. But, you know, there's a lot of problems with giving an egomaniac way too much power. And I feel like Doctor Strange is going to cause a lot of more, more problems, you know, these shows and in the real Marvel universe before Benedict Cumberbatch is done. I can see that. Yeah. 
I like the uh, octopus monster, the Shuma. Yeah, all the, all the Eldritch horror yeah. stuff was great. Yeah, that's a that's a cool Doctor Strange character. So that was cool. All right, next one, uh, Marvel Zombies. Uh, this one's f- fine. I think this is one that I think people kind of overhyped, but I do enjoy. I thought it was a fun concept. I think there are really fun bits in it. The um, floating head bit flying out of the like zombie attack cracked me up. Uh, that's just because Paul Rudd is charming, even when it's just his head. But I also think this is the one that I would have liked to see seen this story over two or three episodes. One, because we kind of in on a cliffhanger. But two, there's not really a lot of like dialogue or story. It's just a lot of get to this place, zombies attack, get to this, which is kind of a zombie movie model. But I would like to know more about this universe and what yeah. happened to these characters and how they're dealing with it. And we don't really get that. I have to imagine for Hurt that this is one of the ones where the quips get in the way of the show because a, a lot of it is, you know, it's like the zombie survival story. There are not many of our heroes left, uh, but every single time one of them makes some kind of heroic sacrifice or something tragic happens to them, we just quip and move within like five seconds. Fucking 100%. This one was my least favorite one. And look, the Marvel Zombies comics are humorous comics, but they're all... All the humor is like on this side of the fourth wall. Something gross or over the top happens or, you know, uh, ironic to a a character in the way they died. And it's funny. But this just when there's all this death and misery around them and everybody has time to make a joke about eating brains or what the fuck ever. (laughs) It just super took me out. of it. Yeah, I'd agree. It's a little quippy, but Paul Rudd as the head with just like Dr. Strange's cape, I thought was great. And this is the one I think Jones, I didn't even realize it, but Peter Parker is not voiced by Tom Holland. And I didn't even know it at the time. So I think the voice acting by him is pretty good. I'd say this one's in the middle for me. Um, I, it, it should have been two episodes because it does feel a bit rushed on pace. Uh, I thought Vision, I, lo- I love the twist with Vision. I thought that was handled well. Yeah, and then Zombie Thanos, another one where the ending is like just fucking cool. I wish they would have done more with it, you know, but it was cool at that time. I was like, holy shit, that's that's a cool that's a cool visual. Yeah, they leave you wanting more, and that's probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do like the cliffhangers on most of these, which will come into what disappoints me about one of the later episodes. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the sixth episode, what if Killmonger saves Tony Stark? What this episode's about? fine. It's middle of the road for me. Uh, I, I didn't, I mean, I guess if there was anything I enjoyed is that we got Killmonger and Ulysses Claw back for a little bit amount of time, and I enjoyed that bit, but uh, I don't, I, much like Hurt felt about number three, I, I have no strong opinions on this. I was really excited for this one, because, like, I love Killmonger, he's one of my favorite characters, but I was disappointed in it. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know, it didn't work for me. I think Tony Stark felt really stupid in this episode, you know, mm. um, I think he would have at least the Tony Stark in, in our in our movie version, I felt like would have sniffed this out. And I don't think that the his you know Killmonger's whole thing about you know justice for his people. I just don't think this plan made a lot of sense to me. So I thought this was one of the weaker ones. Yeah, th- this one uh, I, I'm basically on the same page as Christians. That I really enjoyed uh, Killmonger and Claw in it again and seeing those characters and stuff like that because I think they're super fun. Uh, but I also agree with Ian that Tony Stark was way too stupid. And I wonder if that's going to be a problem with these going in the future is if you're someone who doesn't come back to do your character's voice, is your character going to get chumped out? <laughs> that's fair. That is one thing about these episodes. They were like, well, we did kill 
kill Tony Stark finally, so let's just kill him in every single fucking episode. 100%. I mean, (laughs) on the one hand, I know you're propping up your new Avengers, but, like, they're really shitting on the the existing (laughs) material there. There is the rumor that the 10th episode was, like, a Gamora Tony episode, which, obviously, we have some credence that that is true, but it is weird that you couldn't have... You couldn't have cut one of the ones where of the six that he died in yeah. and left the one where he lived. But yeah. Yeah. This episode's fine. Uh, man, I can't, even, I can't even believe I have to say this out loud. The seventh episode to what if, as in we can do literally fucking anything in this Marvel universe with gods and monsters and celestials and magic and superpowers and fucking everything. What if Thor is an only child? Okay, hear me out. I actually thought this episode was funny. God damn it. Uh, here's why. Because I do think Hurt's right. It, this show is too quippy at inopportune times. This, sh- this episode is nothing but quips. And I think it's probably more in line with what the writers were intending. But, you know, I, I just... It was lighthearted. It was stupid. But I think that kind of fits what Thor was in Thor 1. I thought Jodenheim Loki was good. I mean, like, I didn't really have strong opinions about this one other than, like, oh, in this one, the jokes actually work. Yeah, I, I've i never been more aligned with Christian, I feel like, on an episode that I can remember, but this is where we diverge. Um, <laughs> this, this is, like, the this in the first episode of my two least favorite. Like, it just felt like filler to me. Um, I don't like Thor 1. And, you know, it's not a great movie. And this is kind of like a remake to a degree of Thor one. You know, that's their inspiration. And uh, Jane Foster, not not interesting in this. Like, I agree. The Loki character, you know, as a frost giant's cool, but it just felt stupid. Like, it's like, what if Thor just drunk and partied the whole episode? And I don't like the Captain Marvel bit. So, yeah, it didn't work for me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty much in lockstep with Christian on this one again. It, you know, basically, if you're going to make quippy dialogue the, the center of the entire show, then do some comedy episodes. And this was a comedy episode, and I think it worked. Uh, did everything about it work? No, but, but for the most part, I thought this one was fun. I feel like, I feel like when I, I said I didn't like the writing of the show, I didn't want the concepts of the show to sink to the level of the writing. I wanted the writing to rise to the concepts of the show. And yeah, that's they just went the other way on this one. Uh, it's no good. I don't like it. But you know, what are, what are you going to do? Split ticket. Next one, c- closing in on the end and probably again, something that's going to bother her. What if Ultron won? I mean, I really think, I guess we don't have to do the last two episodes together, but... Uh, I mean, it makes more sense. They're connected. I didn't love the ending. I think it's fine. I, I think probably what if Ultron won might be like second or third best of the show for me. I don't love the guardians of the multiverse episode i don't think it hits on everything uh but i think the eighth episode is fun I, again though i think it's one that it, like ultron murders everyone so quickly i mean the show I mean, show starts and no one's everyone's dead already and you get a couple of characters and trying to defeat him and coming up with a plan but I think we needed more time before that. Like, I just, I feel like a lot of this show is too rushed and I can't fully appreciate the concept. Like, we we so quickly get to Ultron winning and then Ultron just murders everything that I would have, I would just, I would have liked to spend more time with the universe under Ultron's control um, instead of a montage of death and destruction. 
but the watcher fight is fun. It is fun. I want to actually, you know, the fights in the show are good. The face movements are bad, but the fights are good. One of the things that, you know, like, again, the tone of the show is very confusing because so much of these episodes, there are a lot of people that die because they have to for the plot to make sense. Uh, but for the most part, they're pretty like bloodless, you know, uh, save facey kind of affairs, like cut, cut away at the last minute, whatever. Even Marvel Zombies, which had, I think, the most opportunity to be pretty gruesome. I don't think really leaned into that very much, even though there's not really a rating system on this, you know, it's presumptively it's an adult entertainment thing. Uh, but then you have a thing where Ultron just slices fucking Thanos in half. And I'm like, who the fuck? Like, what is this show for? <laughs> right. I'm so confused. I, I really yeah. like that this one, you know, really played up Ultron as a threat. You know, he's like a top tier Marvel villain. And I, and even though I like Age of Ultron, I don't know if it necessarily really sells that. But they might have overplayed it on this. Just cutting Thanos in half is maybe a little too tough. Yeah, I thought this one was cool. I mean, we finally got a real Age of Ultron kind of storyline, unlike the movie. Um, I thought that that visual of him with the Infinity Stones was cool. I don't like the back half of what they do with it with the Guardians and Multiverse. I think it, it kind of gets stupid, but like him fighting the Watcher, like the whole setup, like I thought it was all uh, fun. I think this is probably my favorite one. Um, like I said, on its own, isolated. I thought it was really good. That's actually a great point, Ian. Uh, this was actually an Age of Ultron as opposed to five minutes of Ultron in the movie <laughs> Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, is there anything to talk about in the last episode? They bullet. Bring all the, the only, together only thing I want to talk about in the last episode is I don't know if you guys had this reaction, but as soon as it started and I realized it was a culmination of all of them, my third first thought was, fuck, I have to remember all this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I literally had to go back and watch the end of every episode. So I guess that doesn't speak well to the quality of the show. I got freaked out with the Gamora thing because like, did I fucking forget a whole episode? But no, I think there just was one that was taken out. Totally. Yeah. I was definitely like, okay, I definitely don't remember that episode <laughs> at all. And apparently that's going to be in season two. And I think the premise is what if Tony never fell back through the, the hole in Avengers one mm. and he goes to Sakaar and becomes like a arena champion and meets Gamora. So it's kind of like Thor three kind of take. That sounds mm. like a good episode. I wonder why they decided that one was the one they were not, they weren't going to make this time. Yeah, yeah. So I think we will get it because there's there's like merch for it. Like there's toys and stuff that have come out for it, I guess. But I think it was a pandemic cut thing. But I yeah, mean, no, the, I, the initial word, I don't know if it's true, was that uh, I guess the initial rumor was that it was cut because it was too close to something that James Gunn wanted to do for Guardians 3. Oh, interesting. But regardless, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Like it's kind of I had the same thought like Infinity War and, and Endgame. Like I love Infinity War. It's probably my favorite MCU movie. But like then the resolution of what they set up, I hate in Endgame. And it's kind of similar here to like a much smaller degree. I don't like kind of where they just take the story and the resolution. I think it's all kind of dumb um, and didn't enjoy it. Kind of just I it wouldn't have been what I would have done with the story. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted better. Um, I don't I don't hate this show. I mean, I've watched worse shit for sure. <laughs> but like, I think I'm disappointed in in mostly the quality of story we got when for the most, and I get these are dumb superhero movies or whatever, but for the most part, they're not stupid. And and this show is dumb in a lot of parts. And, and <laughs> I don't know, it just disappointed me that I didn't love it. I, I think there are cool things. I think there are cool fight scenes. I think there are good episodes, but as a whole, this is not something I need more of in the MCU, though. I'm sure I'm going to get it. 
Almost certainly. I will say the one thing that this cemented for me after uh, this movie and Infinity Wars, we just need more wizard fights. Yes. Mm. I think that's that's just the thing we've been lacking in general, yeah. like as a culture and in the MCU specifically. You're saying culturally we need the wizards to come out of hiding and fight each other? That's or? correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, only other thing before we, we wrap this up. Why was Mustafar in this? Yeah, that's a that's a funny funny little Easter egg that they right. threw in there. I hope but. it's just I hope it's just a funny little Easter egg. I don't want to make my action figures play together. Like that's not the shit that I'm into. <laughs> I I would be more okay with it if it was the Lego version of Mustafar. <laughs> yeah, I would be okay with that also. I have to believe, have to that part of the conditions of Lucas's sale would have to be that nothing like that would ever happen. Yeah. Did you, guys, you guys know it was Mustafar when you saw it? Instantly. No. I did. I did. I was just like, oh, cool. They're fighting through fucking dimensions. And then I read it and I was like, oh, that makes me angry. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> what would you guys like to see this show do if it goes forward, which I'm sure it will. Are you telling me like what what if story I would like to see or just it, like or a con- just in general? Yeah. Mm. Either way. I'm assuming you have one since you asked. The I question. mean, I've got I, I mean, I'm of two minds. I'm like. Well, I hope they don't continue to all be based on just spinning out of stuff that happened in these movies. Oh, for sure. But mm. also, if they are going to do that, and we are going to incorporate all the, you know, Fox and Sony stuff into the multiverse of these, then I'd like to see some based off of those. Like, at least, if, they, if you're going to stick it to just movies, at least widen the pool. Yeah, I got I got one now that you said that. I want what if Chris Evans's Captain America met Chris Evans's human torch? That would be, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, I mean it, it all depends. You know, I it, you could do mutants on here, but you won't. That's not the way that you'd probably introduce them. I don't um, know. I, I agree with you. I I would think that they would have enough care and respect, but I also honestly at this point, I have no clue what they're going to do with those characters. And I think there there might be a chance that the first time you see a mutant or something might be in this dumb show. <laughs> you know, I, I've come to this mind about mutants and it goes to wrestling. One time Stone Cold Steve Austin was injured. And for the whole year he was out, I bought every pay-per-view because I thought this is the pay-per-view he's going to come back. And when he finally came back, they advertised it way ahead of time because they wanted you to tune in and buy the pay-per-view. Mm. We're not going to be surprised when the mutants show up. That's a, a good analogy, Hurt. I, I think you might be right. All right. Well, we all need to watch Doctor Strange too, because I have a feeling we're going to see some mutants in that movie. It's, it's possible. All right. Well, that's Marvel's what if dot, 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 question mark, in case you have to look <laughs> it up. Oh, Jeffrey Wright's good in the show. By yeah, the way. he's fine. Jeffrey Wright's great, as he is in yeah. everything he's ever yeah. in. It's the dude's got the sexiest voice on the planet. He does. I will say, after watching Star Wars Visions, my first time coming back to this after watching the first two episodes, uh, it, it automatically uh, defaulted me to the Japanese. And the Japanese guy who does James Wright is also quite good. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, so that's what if. Maybe they'll do another season. Was this popular? Do we know? I think it's popular enough for a second All season. All right, well, we'll get another season then. And then we can bitch about b-level voice actors and weird face animations in like a year or two what if this time but better <laughs> oh oh damn that should be our tweet uh all right that's that's what if what have we been watching this past week guys i'm sorry guys this is gonna take a minute because i'm talking about the world series champions <laughs> atlanta braves <laughs> 
so last week I talked a little bit just briefly about what you know my hometown and what that baseball club means to me and I could go on that subject for hours but what I wanted to talk about was was three quick things and why this is like such a big deal in the sports world. The first one is the Atlanta curse. In 1996, Atlanta got the world's or the Olympics, and guess what? That city like sold it, sold in a bunch of backdoor deals. It was shady and corrupt, but it got an Olympics. And what did they get for it? 25 years of nothingness in professional <laughs> sports. I don't know if curses are real. Probably not, but it sure seems like it. And um, so the fact that an Atlanta sports team actually did this is uh, impressive and amazing and miraculous. Uh, Atlanta United won the MLS Cup in 2018, but that team didn't exist 20 years ago, and it's still soccer, so it doesn't fucking count. Sorry. Number two, I get it. I Baseball is not for everyone. It's a 162-game season. It's very long, but postseason baseball is is the best of sports, in my opinion. It is such a different game, uh, postseason to regular season, and everything is just enhanced. The pitching's better. The hitting is better. Everyone just hits a different gear, and it it is just it's just a different different game, and it's much more entertaining. Even though they want to shove Joe Buck down my throat, and they want to make the game four and a half hours long so they can maximize advertising, when it's actually on my TV and nobody's talking, it's really, really enjoyable. Um, I, I really do believe it's it is the best like sports moment. October baseball uh, is the best. But number three, finally, what makes this so special is. Uh, here's this crazy thing about sports and entertainment, which is we love Cinderella stories. We love this concept of the underdog striving for greatness, but it doesn't actually happen very often. Almost always the team with the most talent and typically uh, the biggest paycheck is the one who wins. I mean, if you look at the NFL, the Buccaneers and the Rams have no money whatsoever. Jacksonville has $30 million in cap space. That team has one win. The other two likely will, one of them will likely win the Super Bowl. It's the same thing's true in baseball. You have teams that spend a ton of money like the Dodgers. They just won a World Series last year. They've been to like three straight NLCSs. Like they spend a lot of money. They win games. That's what really happens the most in sports. But the Braves, they broke that this year. It's a true Cinderella story. This team was under 500 all the way till August 6th. They literally went three weeks straight of alternating wins and losses. They would win one day, lose the next. They just stayed at 500 for like three straight months. Uh, it was impressive and sad all at the same time. They lost two of their, I mean, true young stars in Mike Soroka and Ronald Acuna early to injury. The All three starters they had in the outfield to start the season were not on the roster at the end of the season. Um, they just went through a lot of hardship, and eventually they, they made some clutch trades at the deadline. Uh, they brought in four guys, and all four of those dudes had special moments in the postseason. Uh, when they placed the Brewers in the NLDS, one of the guys they brought in hit three homers. And the NLCS, one of the guys they brought in was the MVP of the NLCS and hit the ball like 14 out of 23 times, which is absolutely insane. He had like a 623 batting average during the NLCS. And then finally, in the World Series, one of the other guys 
the other two guys, one of them hit three homers. The other one hit a grand slam. And then the one who hit three homers was the MVP. It's is miraculous that this team was able to do what they did against the best two offenses in baseball against the Dodgers and the Astros. Their starting pitching had two shutouts against the Astros, which is, was the best offense in baseball this year. Um, I mean, just thing after thing after thing. They just kept smashing records that had never been broken before. Um, Hank Aaron died this year. Hank Aaron wore number 44. The Braves had 44 wins before the All-Star break. They had 44 wins after the All-Star break. Their record was 44-44 when Ronald Acuna tore his ACL. They won the World Series in the 44th week of 2021. Like, this shit will be a movie someday, and I will watch it every day for the rest of my life after that. Uh, I love this team, and I, it feels really good to win a championship. Hadn't done it since I was six years old, and uh, I'm really happy to be here now. It's better than Transformers. <laughs> Christian, you said a lot of things that I don't understand, but I am so happy for you uh, Congrats, when I saw buddy. that they had won. Congratulations, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. You know, my indifference to sports is well documented, but I'm super excited about how excited you are. about. It. <laughs> Thank you. I, I have no one else to talk about it. So you guys were going to have to hear it. Um, I, w- one question I want to ask. Um, I was going to make some stupid joke about uh, they did get that uh, from the 96 Olympics. They did get that stupid Clint Eastwood movie. Clint Eastwood made a movie about the 96 Olympics, right? He did about the well, about the bombing attempt. Right, right. Okay, okay, because I I I I was like, before I say this, I better look on IMDB and I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh shit, is this like the Mandela effect? Well, hang on. (laughs) Actually, it's fucking weird that you want to talk about the Mandela effect about Clint Eastwood, because I just had the thought the other day, am I losing my mind? Or at the end of Gran Torino, does Clint Eastwood sing a song during the credits? He actually might. He's he's a jazz musician and sings sometimes. I don't remember specifically if he does in that, but there are movies where he does. I had, I had that thought as I was going to sleep like a night or two. It was like, am I having a stroke or did that actually happen to me? <laughs> I'm, I'm going with even though I don't remember specifically that it happened, it probably happened. <laughs> That's it for me. All right. I'll get to go to bed at a normal hour now, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. Well, for me, you know, with with the gaping hole of soap operas in my life, I read a bunch of comic books this week. Uh, uh, first off, I read a couple that weren't brand new, but I had just gotten around to them. Uh, Batman 89 and Superman 78. Basically, the premise of these is they continue on in the universe of the uh, Tim Adam Burton West Batman and, movies yeah. and the Richard Donner Superman movies. Oh, Richard Donner, right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I went in thinking I would enjoy one more than the other. And I was totally, it was the other way around. I was more excited about Batman 89 just because there's so much stuff on paper about what they wanted to do with those movies going forward. And they got the screenwriter from those two movies, Sam Hamm to write it. And it was all right. It, uh, had great art, but the, the story seemed more like, it seemed like this guy was trying to do the movies he wished he would have been able to do, like, you know, more serious Batman and stuff like that. Also, they make the weird decision to give Batman these super graying temples in it that I don't really know what it's supposed to convey from a storytelling sense. Uh, on the other hand, Superman 78 was a fucking blast. The writer, uh, Robert Venditti, really nails the tone of those movies. You know, I wish they would. They they introduced Brainiac in this, and I wish they would have instead of using like sort of Brainiac's comic book look, they would have tried to do more of a 
visualizing what they would have done with the movies in that, but that's a small complaint. I thought, but I thought it was great. Also, uh, I read a book called the Batman long Halloween special. Uh, there's a classic run of comics called Batman long Halloween and it's a sequel Batman dark victory. And they're great comics. They're, uh, by an artist named Tim Sale, who's always great, and a writer in James Jeff Lowe, who's only great when he's with Tim Sale. But I was super excited to be back in this universe, worried it was not going to live up to the hype, and it really did. A really great fucking comic. Cannot emphasize you should check it out enough. I, I hope it gets to continue. It's presented as like a 48-page epilogue to those stories, but it seemed more like it was the start of something. And... uh Finally, uh, I read the first two issues of X-Men Inferno. Uh, I've talked about this run a lot on here, uh, the Jonathan Hickman X-Men run. Uh, basically, he's decided to leave early. He signed on as he was going to be with it for years and years, and then he's leaving after roughly two, which he still did a lot of X-Men comics. He did about 45 X-Men comics. And so far, it seems like a really good wrap-up of the shit he started. I don't know if it's a wrap-up he envisioned, since they're going to continue with this status quo afterwards, but some of the uh, things that they set up from the very beginning are really paying off in this. Also highly recommended. Basically, I haven't been super down with a lot of comics lately, but this was a good week for comics. I enjoyed all this shit. Hurt, have you caught up with like the Hellfire, Hellfire Gala and all like what they're doing with all that? Because that's kind of where I left off. That they were coming out with all that stuff with the X-Men. I kind of, I've read the issues of the Hellfire Gala I needed to just to get to Inferno, but I still haven't read the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. I've kind of, I liked it at first, like that he, he came in strong with that house of X and the powers of 10 thing. Mm -hmm. But then I wasn't crazy with once he got into like his regular run, I really right. liked the new, the new mutant stuff I thought was great though. That was my favorite thing that he was doing. New Mutants was totally my favorite part of it, too. Yeah. I'll say with this, really, this is pretty much a direct sequel to House of X, Powers of Ten. So you don't need to have read much else to just go straight into this. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, I could go quickly. Um, I've been continuing to play the Guardians of the Galaxy game. That game's fucking great. I'd highly recommend it. Um, it just makes good use of the playground. Like Cosmo the Space Dog has like a huge role in it. Uh, Adam Warlock and like Magus play a huge role. Fing Fang Foom, like it just, I don't know. I was continually surprised by like the cameos and the people they brought in. Um, just yeah, really good game. So definitely check it out. I, I am on the last level now, so I should probably beat it tonight. Um, definitely better than Transformers. I watched Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018. And I know Hurt, you said something about it that maybe it stuck with me, but. Halloween 2018, I liked. I liked that they like kind of brought him back to like a normal person, and yeah. it was creepy. And I thought it was a good use, like of just lo like you know Laurie Strode bringing her back. Man, Halloween Kills is just an awful fucking movie, though. Like I hated everything <laughs> about it, man. Like like it's all filler. You know what I mean? Like they were like they should have just made two movies because they're just teasing you for that final confrontation between Laurie and Michael. And like what you said is so true. Like. With the first one, you know, trying to bring it back to like just more of a human, you know, creepy, crazy guy. This one, he's just full Terminator again. You know what right. I mean? Just fucking like, no matter what you do, you're not going to kill him. The characters seem extra stupid in it. I think that's a big problem with horror movies in general nowadays is like, you know, the tropes just, you know, the characters just seem so dumb, like just turning their back on him and not shooting him in the head. Um, And 
I, I did like Anthony Michael Hall as like the grown up Tommy. Thought that was cool. But in general, yeah, it was just I hated it a lot. I was pretty disappointed. I was kind of excited because I liked the original and I liked the 2018 one, but thought that one was pretty bad. Worse than Transformers. And I watched The Last Duel, the the Ridley Scott, which I didn't realize he's also doing House of Gucci. That guy stays busy for being an older guy. He's got like, you know, two movies coming out in a pretty short amount of time, um, which is Matt Damon and Adam Driver. And I forget the girl's name, but um, and then Ben Affleck. And it's it's good. It's better than Transformers. It's not great. But uh, the thing that stuck out with me is it's the most Ben Affleck role I probably could imagine him being. He's just like this philandering, drunk, like liege lord who's related to the king. So he can just like do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's like slimy and a little bit of an alcoholic. And uh, I don't know. He's just really good at it. He's got bleach blonde hair. All fits kind of my impression of what Ben Affleck is like in real life. Matt Damon is like pretty. He plays like this very physical character. Like I'm not used to him doing so much physical acting, um, but he does pretty good at it. And then Adam Driver is probably the best. He's pretty good as like the, I guess, you know, the, I don't want to spoil the movie, but um, the, it takes place like from all three persons perspectives. And so this, the beginning of the third, the first third of the movie is like the truth according to Matt Damon's character. And then you go through this whole scenario and what happened. And then it resets you from the beginning. And it's like the truth from Adam Driver's perspective. And then it resets you again at the end. And it's the truth from the girl's perspective. And it's an interesting way to, to like, to like lay out the timeline of the movie. Um, so I'd recommend it. Like I said, it's not, it's not great though. Um, it's not like Oscar nomination. I don't think it'll win a lot of awards, but um, kind of like me too. And in, in the medieval times is probably the the tagline. That's great. So, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you about that aspect of, cause I literally just found out about there yesterday that there's like a Rashomon aspect where it's like the same story told from three perspectives told in three different ways. And if I would have known that I would have been way more psyched about seeing this movie. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And, and it definitely works. Like I said, um, it's like, the, like they, them replaying these scenes over and over from the different perspectives. And you see like the hint, like the subtle differences, sometimes not so subtle, but um, yeah, it's well acted. It, it looks expensive. Um, there's some cool medieval fighting. Um, it's a little violent, but uh, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I, better than Transformers. So that's that's kind of all I got. All right, that might be that might be an episode in the future. We should do an episode on uh, Rashomon episodes of TV shows. Yeah, that's a good idea. I actually have two uh, non-anime things this week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second to take a bow for the rest <laughs> of you. <laughs> the wife and I started uh, Mythic Quest at uh, Christian's recommendation, and uh, it's really fun. It's on Apple TV before I cancel it. And, uh, you know, it's it's a workplace comedy about a video game company. It's a, you know, workplace sitcom. It's not like trying to rewrite the uh, the script here. It's pretty by the book, but just well executed. All the characters are fun. The writing is is quick. Uh, it, it's yeah, I think it's generally just a good show. So, yeah, if you got Apple TV and you finished Ted Lasso, you're looking for something else. Watch Mythic Quest. Have you gotten to the flashback episode, the like the birth of the video game company episode yet? Are you, uh, is a video game company. I don't know. If it's, is it the same one? I don't really understand what the connection it, is. It's the same building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's my favorite episode of the whole show. I it's think a good episode. episode. I hope it ties in more later at some point. Uh, you might be disappointed. Fuck. <laughs> Val and I watched the whole episode. It's good because it's Jake Johnson and Christina Milioti, and they're both really good. 
And the whole time we're like, okay, this is a good story, but like, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, and we were still hoping that that would pay off somewhere, but it hasn't really. No, just the, like the carving and the, the wall shows up later and you, it's the same building. That's, that's gonna, it. That's going to drive me nuts. If that's, there better be my fucking more down if, the road. There may be more in season three, but I can tell you it doesn't come up again. Oh man. But All there right. is, there is another flashback episode in season two and both of them, each one in each season is my favorite episode of both seasons. So fair enough. And then the last thing I'm, I'm finally caving. Uh, mostly just because I found the theme song and realized the theme song was a bop and then started to watch the show. I'm diving into succession. Oh, uh, you know, hour long shows are not my thing. It's pretty hard for me to convince myself to start one, but I will say it's, you know, I think the basic premise for anybody who is not aware is it's aging, uh, media magnate, uh, and all of his children. It's essentially the story of Jerry Jones right now, I think. Um, and all of his children and they're all vying for like, who's going to be next. Uh, and they're all just awful, awful rich people. Um, so is it like Dallas? It's just Dallas. I, you know, I've never watched Dallas. So maybe I don't know <laughs> it. That, I mean, it's basically, it sounds like a soap is what it sounds like. That's what soaps no, are now. Just- it absolutely is. And the beauty of it is so like they're all the characters are, you know, these, I don't know, you know, they're all rich assholes, but they're all, they all have character flaws that are immediately apparent. You're very clear. Like, what their what their fucking malfunction is um and usually in these type of shows you know you like you find a character that you identify with and you like i don't know if you root for that character but you're you're with that character like you see it through their perspective because they've got like your malfunction uh and you get it uh but it's it's amazing because all of them have pretty unique like character flaws but i'm all of them uh, and and so like I get I get every single one of them and I and I and I see myself doing the exact same things in their shoes. Uh, so anyway, I'm only I'm only like two or three episodes in, but uh, it's really good. And again, the theme song is really great. I have one more thing I forgot about that I need to say <laughs> is uh, it about Doc- the Braves. Nope, Doctor Who's back, and uh, I just need to say that I'm really sorry that Jody Whittaker's run was wasted on this guy as a showrunner because he fucking sucks. Chris Chibnall is the worst writer Doctor Who's ever had. We've only had one episode. This season is only six episodes long, and he already makes me want to quit. He made me want to quit the first season he wrote. And then I came back, and I powered through, and I quit the second season he wrote. And then I freaking came back and powered through and god i have to suck it up for five more episodes of this douchebag till russell t russell t davies comes back and it cannot happen soon enough this guy fucking sucks and i'm so glad he only got one run at doctor who and i just feel bad for jody that her run as the doctor was wasted on this guy sorry as that was pinned up deep inside (laughs) no it's fine we're nailing the niche content today all right next week the Eternals, the f- the first certified rotten Marvel movie. I'm fucking stoked about it. So yeah, uh, join us for that next week. Uh, if you have any thoughts about Marvel's What If, if you remember any of it, you can uh, reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>